Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're new to the show, we're going through every single fucking Metallica song in alphabetical order, normally with a guest. If you want to get on the show, metallicapod at gmail.com. Not really got much open at the moment. The next thing I've got available is Little Dog, which we'll be recording in November, which yes, you guessed it, it's a Lulu song. Please follow the show at MetallicaPod. We've got a Patreon if you want to give back to the show. All the episodes go on there first. By the time you'll be hearing this episode, I'm going to do an episode uh, just after my good friend Joker has been on the show before we did like the Nemes episode and stuff like that we're going to be going through the iconography of Metallica all the album covers all the logos the artwork of note so if that interests you that'll be on the Patreon right now and it'll be on the main channel in about a week or so please subscribe comment iTunes is there as well if you want to give a review but uh, yeah we'd like to um, build bridges on this podcast we'd like to have other music podcasts on there are so many great music criticism podcasts out there not least uh, the Thunder Underground I had half of the Thunder Underground on about two months ago so I had Jason Wood on a great episode number 62 we did Hate Train and now I have the concluding half Trent how's it going it's going great thank you for having me of course of course and calling from uh, Tulsa is that right yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Which I think for any any Brit or any non-American, I just know that as where Chandler moved to work, and I think season nine of Friends. <laughs> that's right. That's uh, that's pretty much how anyone else remembers it. But uh, so um, Metallica for you. Let's start there. Do you remember the first time you heard them? Well, I think I'm 41, so like a lot of people my age, it was Injustice for All and One, the video for One. Um. Around that time, I was really into stuff like Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and Def mm-hmm. Leppard and had friends that, you know, were listening to thrash music and stuff like that. And it was probably Jason. I can't remember exactly who, but, you know, I'd go over to friends' houses because I didn't have MTV at the time and watch Headbangers Ball and that kind of thing. And yeah. just happened to see the one video and I'm like, man, what is this? And it kind of opened me up to that world, which got me into Metallica and Anthrax and Megadeth and then later into Panther and everything else heavy. So it's kind of where it began for me. And going forward from there, have Metallica always been a band close to your heart? Have you, have you fell out of love with them in certain periods? Or No, I'm one of those people that um, when Load came out, I was disappointed, but I got over it eventually. And, you know, now when I look back on it, I really like the album. So, But I never stopped loving them throughout that period. I still saw them live during that period. And, you know, saying anger, kind of like a lot of people, I don't care for it, but it didn't stop me from loving them. And the song we're tackling today, I Disappear, incredibly divisive song for a lot of people. People always seem right. to defiantly love this song or ardently hate this song. And, you know, I was slightly too young when this came out. I would have been about nine, I think. I don't really remember it coming out. I remember Mission Impossible 2 sort of coming out, and obviously this was the tying track, which we'll get to in a second. But um, what about yourself in real time, the zeitgeist? Do you remember this dropping? Yeah, yeah, I remember it coming out, and I I liked it when it came out because I'm, I'm one of those people that's probably rare because I have a love and hate relationship with this song. <laughs> like, I really liked it when it came out, and then I got pretty tired of it quick because... I think it was all over the radio there for a long time. Yeah. And then I kind of came back to liking it. And there's been periods where I would just skip it if it came up on shuffle or something. But now I'm back to liking it again. So 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind it, actually. I know I asked on the Twitter, I tend to do this for every song now, at Metallica Pod, what people think. And we've got some interesting opinions that we're going to get through. And a good email as well. Uh, quite a long diatribe in reflection on this song. But just a bit of background on I Disappear. I'm just taking this from Into the Black, uh, Volume 2 by Paul Brannigan and Ian Winwood. Quote, Metallica had written, arranged and recorded I Disappear in the course of just one week with Bob Rock at the plant in December 1999. Prior to the studio session, Tom Cruise had arranged for his private jet to fly to San Francisco to collect Lars Ulrich for a personal tour of the film set in Monument Valley and had then scheduled a private screening of the film in rough cut form. After being led by director John Woo through the film's plot, Ulrich determined that his band's contribution to the soundtrack should embody the epic scale and spectacle of the production. So, yeah, in case you weren't aware, as mentioned before, this is a, you know, it's a tie-in song, basically. The music video has loads of clips of crews scaling a mountain and all the guys, and me and Sam Wiles in our past musical video episodes have covered this uh, video in depth but what did you think about that um trend as a thing for metallica to do to do a uh, a soundtrack song I, I thought it was cool you know i mean I, i've never mind when people do that and i've always liked when bands integrated in the video like stuff that's going on in the movie or you know comparable to the movie like they did with this and you know kind of like what guns and roses did with you could be mine yes and so i mean i really that didn't bother me in the least i i know it's the only I had read recently that it's the only standalone Metallica single that there ever was that wasn't on an album. That's you right. You know, Metallica albums. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, oh, the end of You Could Be Mine when the Terminator's eyeing up the band. That's fucking classic. Right. Lo- love that. Yeah, such, such a good video. But um, but yeah, so, and I love the idea as well, just from that quote of Tom Cruise and, and Lars on, on a jet together. Like, I'm, I'm sure they would have chatted it up. We should have had lots and lots to discuss. Getting to the song as a whole you know we open with a little bit of ambient noise there's some some airplane flange going on and then we get into the main riff the bong wow which i mean what is a part of metallica sound specifically kirk sound and later with cyanide we see it but i think here's the first time where it was enchanced the war is the riff if you know what i mean yeah what do you, what do you make of it that's, that's one of the things that always annoyed me about the song <laughs> mm, mm. I mean, I know that's like you said a Kirk style, but it wasn't ever like predominant like that. No. But you can't deny the fact that it's undeniably catchy as a riff. And I mean, you'll be like hours later after you hear it, singing that riff in your head even more so than maybe the words to the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree. And you can almost imagine Kirk writing in the studio. Okay, two open notes. What are we next? Wah! And then it's just, there, there's the riff, I guess. And then as it, it, it builds quite well, actually. We have that ambience, as I said before, that, that oscillation. And I like James's guitar, that just kind of steel manning it as it builds. And it, it's quite an exciting intro. A lot of people compare it to Enter Sandman, the way it kind of pops off and emerges. But I, I don't know about you, but I quite like the, say, the opening 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, I do. I like the build of it. I, I really like how the bass pops. In the beginning, I mean, you can hear that as well throughout the course, but I mean, throughout the verses, but mainly at the beginning when it first kicks in, that sounds really cool as well. Mm. And you know, in other Metallica songs, I think specifically Sad But True, the guys know how to pause, they know an aperture, they know how to take a breath. But here, and there's many things in I Disappear that are an example of this, which I guess are kind of affectations to that that kind of 2000s sound. And I'll list the examples in a second. But we get this weird thing that we get at the start of the song, the end of the song, as we move between verses, a kind of, I don't really know how to describe it. It sort of sounds like a, a plug hole, a sinkhole. It's like a... 
you know, you know what I mean? It kind of, it sounds like all the sonic energy is sort of going down. So it's not, there's not a pause. It's almost as if t- someone turns the volume down very quickly, almost like a warp sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, om- it almost sounds like, I don't know what that is. If that's just a, something they added in, that's not a guitar, is it? No, no, it's just some production but, thing where, where I, normally there would just be a break and then they kick in. But here it feels yeah. almost quite cinematic in an odd way. Yeah, I mean, it's good thematically because it's basically disappearing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose that's very true, yeah. And, I mean, the irony as well, that I've mentioned this before on a Napster episode, but the song's called I Disappear, and this was the song that would herald their long battle with Napster where, you know, iTunes and MP3s, a lot of their self-worth would disappear in the eye, and, you know, maybe maybe we're looking <laughs> too far into it, but, yeah, there's a few things like that, like the plug hole thing, like the disappearing thing that I was talking about, and... You know, um, I guess the fact that it's a, a musical song as well, uh, you know, for a film. But the thing that the thing that once when I heard it as a kid, I'd illegally downloaded this song off LimeWire. And I was like, is that actually in the song or has someone put that there? But it definitely is in the song. You hear it in the second verse. The DJ scratch. I don't know if you caught that. I did not. No. Yeah. Uh, in the second verse, listen out for it. Uh, it's quite perceptible when you do hear it. And that to me just feels like another, you know, tribute to the new metal gods to a certain extent. It's sort of heralding that thing. Uh, we, we covered the Kentucky show on, on Alpha Metallica a little while ago where James and the Jet Ski accident and all the other band members that were on tour had to fill in. And I still shudder at the thought of the boys playing Fuel and Kid Rock on the turntables just scratching mindlessly. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's awful. It's beautiful but it's awful so we have that uh we have the plug hole we have the fact that it's a song for a film and i guess i'm kind of stretching it a little bit here but i guess james's melody there's something quite boneheaded about the hey 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 it, it, you know and the whole verses in themselves there's a lot of repetition here i go now here I duh, 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 duh. it's not like a sort of straight through line lyrically right yeah i mean Lyrically, I mean, it's it's got good lyrics, but it's pretty, like you said, it's pretty simplistic, mm. and it's it gets real repetitive, and I don't really care for that hey, hey, hey part, but that is James, you know, and that was the 90s James. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And, you know, Metallica is so good. I think James in particular, I always point to Damage Inc. as an example of this, but there's so many songs where they'll just enliven a riff, they'll just spice it up a little bit of just a few choice notes, and when he's singing the hey, 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 the verses, the riffs, is, is very basic, it's just sort of open chords, but there's a few sort of chugs, there's a few wrinkles, there's a few sort of hammer-ons that just make it quite exciting for me, that make it a bit more interesting and the band are capable of shifting tone very skillfully almost imperceptibly you know the, the whole you know do you, do you bury me when i'm gone I, I i love the bass i love the trundling drums i love the high-pitched notes they craft quite an interesting soundscape there yeah yeah definitely i mean it it's a it's a big change from what's going on before that definitely mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of a cool even though the song overall itself is pretty basic and simple when you compare it over their entire catalog I mean, it's still got different layers going on when you really listen to it. Yeah, I think James is enjoying himself here. You know, ain't no mercy. Like, you know, he's having those sort of indulgences, those sort of Hetfieldisms that I think are really, really nice. And, you know, the song is basically anchored around of the word hey or of the word I'm, uh, asking a lot of questions of the listener as well. And... I mean, I can see why people dislike the song, Trent, but personally, I can't. I find it quite fun. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way I got to look at it, because, I mean, you can't compare it to, you know, the, the bigger the songs from the past, you know, because it's it's what it was meant to be. It's a it's a movie song, you know, and you can't 
put something in a movie. I mean, this is a huge action popcorn style movie, so you need a huge action popcorn style song to go with it, right? You do, you do. I don't. I mean, I haven't seen. Mission Impossible. I don't think I've actually ever seen the movie, um, so I'm not sure if it's used in the film. I've got a feeling it's not. I got because sometimes these songs aren't. Maybe it's in the final credits. Uh, you know, someone can let us know in the comments. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the melody of the song, I'd say, has got kind of a chain gang call and response sort of idea. And I I always rag on Kirk, and I have to be a hypocrite here because I always criticise Kirk and his boring twelve fourteen blues boxy solos. But I think here it works, that li- that little riff. Like, if, literally, if you look at the solo on tablature, it's almost laughable. But a lot of solos are like that where you look at them and then you hear them. They're much more exciting. And here he's, you can't even really call it a solo. It's just like a higher up next riff. But the combination of that with the riff, with James screaming like, I'm gone, baby. Like, it, again, gets me quite excited. Yeah, I mean, that guitar solo is a little different than a lot of stuff. But, you know, Kirk-wise, but it's... To me, it's almost got like a stoner rock vibe to it, or maybe mm-hmm. even a Jimi Hendrix vibe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously not as beautiful as Hendrix on, from, from that song, <laughs> no. but I mean... I'd like to hear H- Hendrix on I Disappear. I'd like to hear that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't know if you remember the video. I, I, I always remember Kurt's guitar that he's rocking. I think it's like a Strat, and it's like a light teal green, and oh, it's gorgeous. It looks really cool. Um, I mean, do you remember the video where all four of the guys are in their own action movies? Yes, yeah. I actually watched it yesterday because I hadn't seen it in so long. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Kirk's doing his North by Northwest thing and Hetfield's doing the bullet in San Francisco and Lars is like jumping out of a building that's exploding with some sound wave or something and uh, Newstead's on the steps of some guy. The Newstead thing's a reference to a film I hadn't seen. I wasn't quite sure what that was. But but yeah, I mean, this is I Disappear. it's, It's a throwaway song. And... I make no bones about the fact that I'm not the biggest Load Reload guy. I prefer I Disappear to most songs off Reload. Maybe not Load, but I think it's better than most of Reload, in my opinion. I don't know what you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, to me, the song actually sounds like it could have easily went on either of those albums. Yeah. And it's, at first, I thought maybe it was just something left over, you know, until I looked into it and realized that they had wrote it for the movie. But it's, to me, it's better than a good majority of either of those albums. But, I mean, there's still stuff on Load that I like better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely above the echelon of what they had been doing previous to that, I think. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I mean, the last few years, at least. Yeah, I think Lowe definitely had a more, you know, assured quality. And I definitely enjoy, say, so say something like 2x4, which is kind of on that load sphere. I like that more. I probably only like Fuel more than Reload. Uh, sorry, more off Reload. I'm not really into Fuel at all but yeah i i just dis- i disappear again i'm not saying it's the fucking greatest thing ever or anything like that but when it comes on and when i listen to it which when i'm not <laughs> you know i listen to it a lot this week i'm not saying it's something i listen to regularly uh in my metallica playing but but yeah i want to point to the highlight as being james screaming and it's this is just complete coincidence but it's cool to hear james screaming i'm real gone and tom waits who's my favorite songwriter of all time has an album called real gone and it's just you know some, some, some odd lame fanboy thing and the riff after the solo which is very similar to the intro riff and the main verse riff but slightly different i think it's quite heavy quite cool i like the final build-up where la um sorry um kirk has the octaves with the wah and it's all sort of coming to a head and you know the song doesn't outstay its welcome i think it's like you know four minutes it's uh four minutes 26 so it's kind of a perfect pop length right yeah yeah definitely it's a you know perfect radio song for the year 2000. I mean, yeah. kind of like you pointed out, it's a sign of the times, and it's 
it almost in a way sounds like any random band from that era could have done it, you know, outside of you yeah. know, the, the Jamesisms added into it, but it's it's not truly it doesn't sound like the Metallica that we all, you know, knew and loved before that, but it still sounds like Metallica when you hear it now. So yeah, I don't I don't change the channel either. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah, I think it's aged quite well, actually. Uh, you know, for the time, and um, it's got, it's got a few things like I mentioned before that kind of are these appeal to the to the contemporary of that era. Uh, Mick Wall, the great authority on Metallica, um, he called it a kind of mini me Enter Sandman. He also called it lackluster. What what do you think of that trend? I could see that. I had never I had never thought of that mm. before you said that. But you know, I mean, I could hear that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's never that uh, you know uh, generous, really, with his assessments of Metallica songs, especially late era Metallica songs. But always cool to hear what he says, and always cool to hear what you say as well, dear listeners. So I just want to get to a quick email from great friend of the show and resident misery guts on the Alpha Metallica Twitter, uh, Brendan Hill. Uh, Brendan was on the show just recently. Hit the lights. That was a really good episode. He got in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com, as I encourage any of you to do. Uh, any of your feedback on the songs is greatly appreciated on the episodes. He says, Tom, in terms of I Disappear, it's a turkey. A big, fat, hey, hey, gobble, gobble turkey. In a way, it's a career low, beyond lazy. It's basically Enter Sandman, a very similar riff for the intro, and Kirk even managed to write an even way lazier lick on then on the start of Enter Sandman. Hetfield is obviously far gone on this tune. It's possibly the worst vocal entrance he's ever done at the start of the song. Hey, 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 fuck me. It's shocking. Not long after, <laughs> he's missing his child's birthday to go shoot some bears in the face in Russia. The man was not connected to reality. Look at him in the video. Shades on, standing on a rock, posing wagging the fin- finger no popper hair bad popper hair i see people putting it in there with load which is not cool feel free to lump it in with reload which is a different alibi in my view yeah i do agree there brendan but it does signal the end of an era such things when to shit on f- shit on the band for this net newstead was out due mainly to hetfield's antics and off into say anger which had its faults but at least it's a band engaging their brain and you do see hetfield finally drop the rock star mask and start to become the man you thought there was all those years before so while it is a bad tune it's also an important tune in a way but more for what was going on around the band at the time i hope it gets a kick in and you call them out on the peak hollywood bullshit phase of the band the will you miss me when i'm gone vocal lines and guitar underneath are good though but that's about 20 seconds worth of the tune and all the gravelly hey 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 undoes everything yours moaningly brendan thank you brendan that was eloquent as ever i appreciate that and um you touched on something there as well i mean this is newstead's last recorded piece with the band trent this is um I mean, it's not the worst note to bow out on, I guess. No. And, uh, you know, a funny thing to point out is if you look at it that way, the line, just as soon as I belong, then it's time I disappear. <laughs> and this yeah. is Jason's final song. I mean, I know that's obviously not yeah. why that line was written, but it's kind of funny looking back on that now. Yeah. And uh, just before we wrap up on the song, opened up the questions to at Metallica Pod. Got some great feedback, as always. Frank Neal saying it's not top 10 or even top 20 for me, but I don't hate it. I always thought it was a good gym song. Uh, Brad Blazik, who's a great friend of the show from Single Podcast Theory, definitely check that podcast out if you're into Pearl Jam. He simply says, love it, in capital letters. Uh, Paul Kyle saying, great. I love the stripped back version of the chorus they regularly open the song with. Yeah, have you ever seen a version of this song live, Trent? Because I saw them play it live yesterday for the Orion Festival. And it works better than I thought it would. Yeah, I actually watched that Ryan Festival video as well, and 
everything worked, I thought, except for Rob's backing vocals. <laughs> yes. I mean, as I mean, always, yeah. 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 Uh, Dastan was saying that uh, you say that Carpe Diem Baby is probably the most generic Metallica song. Well, I think I Disappear completely beats it in that regard. I completely disagree, Dastan, and we'll have to go at that in length in the future. Uh, as always, fuck Carpe Diem Baby. MTI is saying, I think it's one of the best load reload era songs by them, and it features an early cameo from the St. Angus Snare. As for the video, well, it exists. It's a thing that exists. I quite like the video. Uh, and finally, we have James saying, I love this song. Uh, somehow it's never gotten old for me. I was lucky enough to see it live in 2004. So any closing thoughts on I Disappear? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he just pointed out where he said that about the St. Anger snare. I'd actually thought that that this song's pretty tight in spots when with the riffs, but then it gets real loose the way the drums are played by the you know the cymbals and even that, that pop of the snare is real foretelling of what's about to come i think yeah, yeah absolutely it's a bit a bit ominous uh certainly um and uh, final as we always do we'll wrap up a few quick five questions um first one have you seen the band live at all yeah um six times i think mm. first first time i saw them was 94 at the shit in the sheds tour wow with uh candle box and suicidal tendencies and at the show i saw actually jerry cantrell from mouse and chains got up and played for whom the bell tolls with him wow that's fucking cool i didn't know that went happened that happened yeah yeah very cool and then i saw him in 96 at Lollapalooza with soundgarden and the ramones and rancid mm. and, and i saw him on the saint anger tour the death magnet death magnetic tour last year in dallas on the hardwired tour and then i've got tickets to two shows in early 2019 as well crazy what, what's when's the best time you've seen them um, that's a good question. Probably last year in Dallas. I mean, the the first one is the most memorable because yeah. it was the first one. But last year in Dallas, just that was just unbelievable, and it just kind of solidified how great this band is to me. Who's your favorite member? Well, growing up, it was James and Jason Newstead. You know, kind of Jason because of his what he brought to the band live and just mm. his attitude and everything. And James, of course, just the same reason everybody loves James. <laughs> yeah. But as I've gotten older, it's Lars now, I think. Just okay. kind of because of what he's done to, you know, keep this band together. And when you see interviews or stuff with him and the knowledge he has of yeah. not just his band, but the music as well. So, you know, I kind of grow to appreciate him, even though there's still tons of people out there that rip on the guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I will always defend Lars. Uh, you know, I yeah, he's a bit of a hero to me. I just think he's a wonderful dude. And I agree, his knowledge of culture, of music, is inspiring. His love for it is still so deep, yeah. What about your favorite yeah. album? Master of Puppets, Yeah, without a doubt. Come on, it's got to be, right? Yeah, and song off that, Battery, is my favorite song by far. You know, and then followed by Master of Puppets and The Struggle Within from the Black Album. Struggle Within, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't can't really disagree there. And I guess finally, I mean, I know you do a podcast already, but if you were to do a podcast just about one single band like Alpha Metallica, what's a band you could do it on? Man, there, there's a few I could comfortably do that on. Guns and Roses. Oh, um, I think there is a few, but I've always said that I'd love to do a Guns and Roses. I mean, I love Guns and Roses as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a podcast out there, but there's not a song by song one no. like yours. And okay. then there's I could easily do it on Faith No More. Mm. or pantera or anthrax oh, or tesla wow yeah all of those yeah i think a pantera podcast that'd be yeah i'm kind of surprised there's not one of those yet. yeah so definitely start that. yeah yeah that's a, that's a good idea and i guess finally um the thunder underground you know explain to the people what is it yeah i mean it's a 
podcast. We just focus on it's you know general as far as hard rock and heavy metal goes, but we have a guest on every week, and you know we do also do album reviews and concert reviews and play independent music, you know from either our area and stuff from around the world. But we've had on guests like you know we've had on Gene Simmons and Dave Elson from Megadeth. Wow. And, recently had on Kevin Martin from Candlebox and he talked a lot about the Metallica tour uh-huh. with us on that interview. And then, you know, we've had on guys from seven dust and thin Lizzy and. Oh, who'd you have Warren. on? Who'd you have from thin Lizzy? I uh, the new singer, Ricky Warwick and oh, okay. Damon Johnson. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, I love thin Lizzy as well. I'd like to do a thin Lizzy podcast in the future. Um, yeah, I think they're the incredible, incredible band. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, please follow the show uh, at Metallica Pod. We'll put all the links down for Thunder Underground as well. Uh, let us know what you think about I Disappear. Support on the Patreon if you enjoy. iTunes is there as well if you want to leave a review. We've got lots of fun episodes coming up in the future. As I said before, we got the iconography episode with uh, Joker. That should be out next week if you've listened on the normal feed. We want to listen first on Patreon. Um, in the next month, we have Ice Tunny with Nick. Invisible Kid, also with another Nick. It's Electric with Jack. And the Judas Kiss with Mark. So those are going to be some really fun episodes. But um, Trent, thank you again. This has been great. Thank you. I've got one final thought here. Please. Um, on the episode you did with Jason, the Hate Train episode, you mentioned how much you loved Blackbird by Alton Bridge. Yes. That's one of my favorite albums as well. How um, good is that album, play. right? Everyone sleeps on that album. Like. Yeah, it's just it's by far and away their best album, and yeah. so many people don't think that. And I, if you ever want to do an offshoot episode about Blackbird, I'm your guy. So. Look, if, if you want to cover Blackbird on Thunder Underground, let me know. I'm happy to come on and talk okay. about that record. All right, we'll do it. Yeah, because it's like AB3 was good, I thought. Not quite the same quality of the follow-up, but the rest of the Alton Bridge albums have really left me wanting. I just don't think they're hitting that Blackbird level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And especially the title track, that's just an oh. epic, huge, amazing song. You know. But, like, Come to Life and Buried Alive and, you know, When Tomorrow Comes. and like, if, if, if Listeners, if you want a good hard rock album, uh, dare I say a classic hard rock album of the modern era, check out Alter Bridges Blackbird. I remember I mentioned that on Metal or Your Podcast, actually, as one of my top ten metal albums. And I'm not going to say that Clint sneered, but I thought he felt those sort of, oh, those Creed guys. But it's like, no, no, li- listen to those. And listen to Metal or Your Podcast as well. They're always doing a fantastic job, Clint and Ethan. But uh, Trent, thank you again, man. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. 